Hello and welcome to episode number 211, Armin Show Podcast. We have a guest in this place. Yes, is the author of Your Body is a Gift, Mimi Lofton. Glad to have you on the show. Thank you for inviting me. You know it. Now, your book is coming out when? I hope to have it on Amazon within the next two weeks. This is wonderful. That is real soon. And then backtracking there, who are you? Who am I? Yes, because people want to know. People want to know. Well, I'm a former sex educator, former mm-hmm. high school teacher. I have done a lot of work in design, photography, and I basically am what I call a spiritual and cultural infopreneur for women in the 21st century. That's smooth right there, folks. Infopreneur. I, I like to call it infopreneur. I've got a lot of information from many decades mm-hmm. as well as experience. Why are you wanting to share it? Because that's something I also do. Why do you want to share information? Why not keep it to yourself and be very selfish and not friendly? Uh, well, I find that the older you get uh-huh. and the wiser you are, uh-huh. you almost have a responsibility to share with younger generations what you've learned, if you know it to be true. I think that's what we're here for. That makes sense. I'm with that. I have that philosophy as well. We'll come back to that, if I recall it. Now, your book is about love, sexuality, and relationships. Tell me about what caused you to write this book in the first place. Well, I raised two boys mm-hmm. back during the Clinton fiasco. Shout out to Clinton. Bill? Bill Clinton. And it's funny, some of our teens today don't really know the whole story, but you're old enough to know because I believe you were in middle school when this all happened. Something. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time we had like a sex scandal that was just on the TV every day for weeks. And my boys, like I said, were in middle school. And that very summer, they went off to horse camp in the middle of the Bible Belt in Texas, no less. And an incident happened that my sixth grader walked in on. And, you know, when you're a parent, it would be real easy to deny what you just heard your son say mm-hmm. as we're driving home from camp. Right. But I was a sex educator. I used to take my boys and their friends. I'd load them up in my Tahoe, and we'd go down to the downtown Presbyterian Church, and we they would have sex ed classes mm-hmm. because it was literally against the law to have sex ed class or class or classes or education in the Texas Panhandle. Mm-hmm. And so we Planned Parenthood pulled us together, and we started teaching the the kids what was going on, and the kids that are the most Learn, that can learn the best, some to be in 6th grade, 7th grade, 8th grade. They start getting a little giggly and silly in ninth and 10th and 11th. Mm-hmm. But the younger ones really like it. They enjoy it. They enjoy it. They enjoy th- those lessons. Right. They like finding out more. Right. And then what happened that very summer, that following summer, is, you know, as a mother, I couldn't deny it. I had to go, okay. But you let it sit. You let it fester. And, you know, 20 years later, you see what we see now in the world especially mm-hmm. the United States. We see what's going on in Washington, D.C. And we've got to grab back what values are, what our standards are, what boundaries are. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of adults don't know. They, they, you, you ask an adult, they couldn't name their values or what their standards are. Sure. And so in the book, I, I go through it with the girls. Find your VBS, your values, your boundaries, and standards. Mm-hmm. And that really helps keep them safe. When they go to a party, they go to the mall. If they learn these at a young age, they can walk in, into any party, any school dance, or wherever a bunch of kids are, and they're going to know what they're going to do and what they're not going to do because they know their boundaries and they know why they have them. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of sexuality 
in today's world. I think it always has been, but it's more important today than it was 20, 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. You have to know your standards. You have to have standards. The only people that are interesting to me are those that have some sort of thing they're trying to maintain in any category, or else it's like, you'll just settle for lowest common denominator dealings, the Walmart of our world, and, (laughs) and then there's nothing to grab onto or connect with. This is true. And, you know, because we live where we live, a, a beautiful, I say we live in a multicultural, multireligious area of the country. I, I sit every day in, in a library with kids that are, or young people that are of all nationalities. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, they don't go to church. They don't go to a spiritual center. They don't go to a mosque or synagogue. Some right. do, but a lot of them don't. And that's where people usually learn their values and their standards. Maybe not their boundaries, but somehow... In childhood, if we go to a spiritual center or a church, that's where we learn that at the beginning of the Especially stuff. in the Bible Belt. Especially in the Bible Belt. Yes, and it can backfire, too. Where's but all of the Bible Belt, As it did, belt, we, actually had the, we actually, where we lived, I, we had the highest STD rate and the highest pregnancy rate in the state. Oh. So that the woman who was the, in charge of the Department of Health, where I lived, and I pulled together a teen pregnancy coalition, and we brought it down dramatically. Oh. But what's sad, and I'll tell you this, and this is what's so sad, they better watch what they get here. We've closed down a lot, a lot of clinics, a mm. lot. We had 28 clinics up there. We were feeding parts of Colorado, Oklahoma, New Mexico, and Texas. All 28 clinics today are closed. They oh. were Planned Parenthood, and because I think there were abortion providers somewhere down near Lubbock, Texas, mm-hmm. they closed all of them. Oh. So if you want to see a higher STD rate, higher pregnancy rate, and a higher um, rate of women bleeding or dying from self-induced abortions you know keep going where we're going on the right and that's where we're headed snap sounds dramatic up here on the armin show (laughs) we're doing it different well you're in biochemistry aren't you right i like biochemistry i follow trends i'm very checking at what's happening culturally socially i like to know what everybody's doing around the world everywhere at all times i keep track of these things now We have sections in your book, okay? There is part one, the bigger picture, part two, the nitty-gritty, and part three, you, beautiful you. So the first part is broad, then it goes specific. This is nice because that's perspective. A lot of individuals, just in general, only have a narrow perspective, so broad is not part of it, so this is nice. And then you, beautiful you, is focusing on the person because you can't have a good connection if it's not. I know an individual or other individuals that they don't connect with people because they didn't focus on themselves. So they always have stories of like, oh, this didn't work, this didn't work, this didn't work. Of course not. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's not going to happen unless you understand yourself. Now, in the bigger picture section, we've got the history of sex from 50s, 60s, 70s, and how it led up. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's called A Brief History of Sex. It's some, so much fun to do, but it got a little crazy. I start with, you know, Elvis Presley, because mm-hmm. we all get influenced by music. Right. And so when Elvis Presley came in there, he was wheeling his hips. Right. That kind of freaked all the parents out. But then all of a sudden they started joining with their girls, right. watching him. And then we went to the Beatles and, you know, the English scene came in and rock and roll started. But what I found as I wrote the book, I thought, this is amazing. We went from L-O-V-E to S-E-X. Even the rock songs back from the 60s, 70s, 80s, until the late oh, 90s, yeah. used the word, you know, I want to make it with you, um... Peter Cetera said, I am a man who will fight for your honor all in the name of the glory of love. I mean, even the doors would say mm-hmm. love. We say, It was, went from making love to, quote, 
having sex. Mm -hmm. And your thoughts and your words create your reality. Mm -hmm. And so we've got a lot of parents and we've got a lot of talk show hosts nowadays saying, did they have sex? Are they going to have sex? Did they have sex? Had sex. Mm -hmm. What are they doing? Having a, are they going to the bathroom? Right. We've got to raise the way we talk and think about physical intimacy. Mm-hmm. And that I literally myself, about three years into this book, I said, quit saying had sex, having sex. If I it got sounds tired of too functional, it. it'll just be functional. Well, you know, use the word physical intimacy. That's eight syllables. It means something. It's the way babies are born. Mm-hmm. Or making love. Or, you know, if you got to be quick, oh, we slept. I slept with him. Uh-huh. Put some feeling into it. But this have sex, had sex... We have diminished one of the most interesting and exciting aspects of human, of being a human being, and just kind of denigrated it mm-hmm. with all the pornography. And we do go in the book. I go a big deal on pornography. I didn't want to talk about it. Well, it's everywhere. Internet. It's now on regular TV, not just cable, but we've got some of it on one of the four stations, our four major networks. So I, it's just, it's time to get it out of the closet. Because girls are getting hurt, and men and boys are getting hurt. One third of boys now, mm-hmm. between 15 and 35, are sexually impotent because they've used pornography too often. During, from zero to 20, up to 25, mm-hmm. the brain develops, and then if it develops with a, uh, we'll call it an assistive form of mm-hmm. videography, it's not great for when you don't have the assistive form of videography and thus you have what you just described which stays for forever because the brain's mm-hmm. already de- developed at that point whoa good point inside information that i think about thank you what can i say and so the, and you can't even undo somebody that did that now when they're 46 or whatever yep. like it's built into the brain's neural pathways you're not changing much you're changing something there's some plasticity but not much so now it's like you almost so you miss the real thing, don't you? You, some element, of, it makes it more difficult, and it's like, it's part of it's not there all the time, which it wouldn't have been the case if you had right. not. I don't know if I can recommend that. I don't recommend it, folks. <laughs> Usually when you, any sort of like, let's say you have a crutch, and you broke your leg and use a crutch, great for three weeks. If you use a crutch for like 12 years, your legs will start to adjust their muscles at some point. Now you're like lopsided as far as your muscle strength because you stuck with the crutch for so long it's not supposed to i'm not connecting it exactly to a crutch but whenever you do something that you know i'm not against you know, i remember my boys this, it was so kind of cool and you were the same way you're about the same age mm-hmm. i remember them sneaking victoria's secrets uh Victoria's secret catalogs out of my out of our trash can uh-huh. and then their friends would be skateboarding and they come they'd sit down and, resourceful and they go oh wow and they'd flip through the victoria's secret magazines okay uh-huh. you know what great uh-huh. but once that internet hit our houses once it came into the home yeah it was like you could you could picture me with my hands and my arms out towards the tv screen going stop wait no uh-huh. <laughs> don't, don't watch that because weird things were coming in and you know what's interesting some of the stuff that was unacceptable was actually on the newest network fox and that cracked me i was like what is going on with this some of these shows on fox of all places they're supposed to be conservative um, and I was kind of powerless. I think that's one reason I wrote the book. I felt so powerless for so long that Wait, I, I couldn't say anything. You're saying pornography was on Fox. No, Inside no, no, information, no, okay, were, everybody. I, no, no, not, not, okay. no, I should say not then, no. Well, it has, there, there are now sitcoms, not just sitcoms, sitcoms for sure, uh-huh. disrespectful stuff, but now we actually do have shows that are on the edge, highly erotic. Oh. 
and I mean, we've got, I'm not going to go into it on this thing, but mm -hmm. it's just things that you would never th would be on, on a television big screen you can see today. Huh. So, and so we've got to train these kids to, I tell the girls, get up and dance, turn off, power off dancing the computer, is good. turn off the we phone, support dancing. get up and start dancing, mm -hmm. shake it off because you don't want to mess up your future love life. Well, I will point out that when you go more towards higher bandwidth things like connection in person mm -hmm. or any activity, it's always going to be more beneficial to you than lower bandwidth elements like video, down to audio, down to text. Higher bandwidth is where we have our best connection. I and think about it that, that way. How does that help you in your uh, love life? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. So connecting with a person in person, oh. that's like the highest bandwidth. But then if you cut out the physical sensation, now you just have video basically. And also, you don't have the smell and the feeling right. and stuff. And then take away another level, and you'd have just audio. Take away another level, you just oh. have text. And the lowest level you can possibly have is a like on Facebook. That's a one-bit communication. You click like, it means nothing. That was just from a recent Absolutely. book. That's a great perspective. I look at bandwidth levels. But yes, if you're on a... Your, your body isn't fooled. It's not stupid. <laughs> uh, you're missing some elements there. You know it. Too. Everybody knows. So uh, I don't, you know, I don't I recommend it. I love the way, it. yeah, I like that perspective. That's, that's how I that's think good. about it. Thank you for sharing that. Everything in bandwidth. I want a recent book, Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport, and his previous book, Deep Work, he focused heavily on high quality leisure activities or high quality activities mm -hmm. and keeping away distractions and stuff. So it relates. You know, I really do think, maybe I'm too hopeful, but I do think your generation is waking up big time on this. It's starting to. Away. So I'm tired of it. We've got, you know, was it Notre Dame that said, look, we're really tired of all the, the porn stuff going on. Get it off the campus. Mm -hmm. Turn it off. We don't want that part of the internet to be there anymore. And I'm like, wow, college students are doing this. Right. They're just tired of things that aren't natural. Right. They've had enough of the. You can't only do it for so long. <laughs> you can't fool your own self. This is the good thing about uh, humans and evolution in general. Things that don't fit reality don't last that long. doesn't matter what it is. It's nice. It always self-corrects. Wonderful. And I'm hoping that this book will help girls walk back into that where they sit down. I mean, I have something called cautionary tales and story tales in the book. And they're all real, real-life mm -hmm. stories that share things that happened in high school, college, to different women I know and their daughters. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of girls in their 20s and early 30s are asking to read this book. But it really is written to the daughter I write as the great aunt mm -hmm. and share with them what their parents want them to know. They just don't want to be the ones to say it themselves. <laughs> right. But the truth is, this book is written to where if mom reads a chapter, daughter reads a chapter, then they share. There's questions and there's journal questions and answers, Q&A, dialogue. So it gets the girl to walk through, hey, like something simple like, hey, do you want to have a baby one day? Yes. Do you want the father in the house? Yes. Do you want the father, do you want to be married to the father? Why or why not? I mean, it sounds pretty basic, but in today's world, you really have to go to that level to get the girls to walk through what's going to happen if they decide to be pregnant mm -hmm. without being married to the father. It's, it's, to me, it's pretty basic, but it's, it has to be done. Mm -hmm. It has to be. Simple questions have to be asked, mm -hmm. and hopefully they can look at it and answer it, with or without the parent. The parent doesn't have to follow this book with them. They can do it all by themselves. But in an ideal world, I'd love for a parent. And you know what's funny? The dads. The dads are more open to this book than the, women, the mothers are. Mm. They're like, yeah, we know. Hey, we know how guys think. <laughs> I want my daughter to have this book. I'm like, okay, it'll, it'll be here. So I actually have found fathers of, of teen girls very open to um, mm. this book. Look at that. That's quite neat. And frankly, 
it's good to see a different perspective from different uh, markets, if you will. Right, and it is it is for not just the mothers, aunts, trusted adults, mm-hmm. uh, a grandmother who's open and willing, mm-hmm. and you know, it, we we, we want to clean up our act. And I do believe girls are the lead, leaders in many ways. I think they help guys. I think you know, girls knowing what they're going to do, what they're not going to do, really helps the guy out. Every dating app is run by girls. Yeah. Now, speaking of that, social media and your phone, jump into that. The what should we media. know about that? Well, like I tell the girls, you know, watch what you're doing. And um, when you see something that doesn't work, turn it off. Mm-hmm. Turn it off. And it, it's it's all explained in the book, especially in that one chapter. But we've got what, social media, twisted media. You know, what what really changed things I noticed is when these so-called, quote, teen sex movies came in in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. It changed everything. They actually didn't even have a category until then. Are we talking about like Twilight kind of stuff? I'm talking like, uh, no, 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 before that. Um, remember American Pie? Sure. That was kind of the turning point. Uh. But then we turned around and did American Beauty, which was an adult movie mm-hmm. that won, what, some Academy Awards. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, you know what? Welcome to mainstream. Uh-huh. So, um, but the, the teen sex movies, the young directors realized they could make a lot of money and they just start hammering those out and it just degraded relationships mm-hmm. and real communication. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just the internet. It wasn't just the cell phones. It's a combination of what I call in the book, our twisted media. Now, what about this one? There's a person that multiple people, they say the internet doesn't, uh, alter people. It exposes who they were. They were doing elements like that before. What do you say to such individuals? I don't know where they made that one up. You know, we teach people how to treat us, and I think we teach ourselves things by turning on the wrong visuals and allowing our, it to come into our mind and our hearts and our spirits. I mean, we're all we're spirits. We, we all have our spirit. We all have a heart, and it, and it goes deep, and especially for girls. I mean, you know, boys to a certain point, they can, yeah, they can do something and walk away for a while until they get a little bit older. But girls. It hits them hard, and they carry these feelings of shame for decades. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what we do matters, and what we say matters. I will agree with that part. What we do, anything you let into your, like, if you want, you want to manage your Facebook feed, and you want to manage your stuff, because if you see continuous whatever argument, or you see continuous uh, demotivating material, you're gonna somewhat feel that because you keep showing up in your view. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Now, toward future nitty gritty part two of this pornography, as I like pornography, to call it. Pornography, we've just covered that. Yes. Yeah. It is packed. It is a lot, and there are adult like festivals for porn. Yeah, there's more than that. Alcohol, drugs, and other mind numbers. Okay, these are happening a lot. What are your views on this? Because I notice this a lot. The, the you know what it is? is a lot of it's about, it's about consciousness. And this, I, this whole book is really about, and I tell these girls a lot, they're probably so sick of the word conscious, they could scream. Mm-hmm. But please, stay conscious, stay conscious. And I tell them, I said, hey, remember, some of you girls have already done this. Remember when a guy, you sat in the theater with a guy and he put his arm around you? Or mm-hmm. he leaned over and he kissed you? Mm-hmm. For the first time, and whew, You can forget those first for the rest of your life if you're kind of high because you don't get that sensation. Mm-hmm. So things can happen. You will forget the first kiss, that first when he grabs your hand. It's a little diminished. You. If you're high, it just goes out the window, and you lose that, and you don't get it back. If there is something that is altering you, 
uh, the response, the memory, the feeling can be diminished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. I don't inform people how to go. I have not used any substances of any kind in my existence. I'm not motivated to... I don't want a diminished moment, you know? I like having a full experience and such. Uh, but it's super popular. And then my numbing is a big thing. The amount of... Yeah. And it's not just those. It's also like little uh, phone games or uh, uh, lights. Kind of lights, loud. Stuff to distract is a big thing right now. We are a society of diversion. It's huge. And our mind is going, what, 90 to nothing? I, you know, I'm the first one to tell you that. Uh-huh. And that that's why meditation is so cool. And I tell the girls in part three, there's a... I call, I call it meditation for the ADD soul. Mm-hmm. It's called listen, breathe, allow. And it's actually a technique to where your mind is going that fast. The first thing you do is go. You start identifying your mind all the things you hear. Right. Like, I, you know, I hear the wind. I hear the car tires. By about the sixth or seventh thing, you, you, you named everything. Yeah. So you're, you finally slowed your mind on just enough to start breathing. Yeah. Then you start to count your breath. And you slow down even more. And somewhere between 15 and 25, you're kind of tired of counting. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you find your mind going, stops. And that's when you allow. You just allow. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing, the peace that comes. But you have to give yourself permission to do something like that. I have noticed when I have meditated in that form, the cool part is, after a while, it is that. And then I have, obviously, my mind is packed with thoughts. I start to see which ones just show up. Yeah. And then, oh, I wasn't choosing that, and it showed up. And then this other one showed up. And after a while, a little bit less. It's nice. And you see, like, oh, this pattern was just repeating. I was having this thought or this person or this item or whatever. And you're like, wait a minute. This was <laughs> happening on autopilot. i got to manage this. It's very valuable. It is autopilot. You know they say? These thoughts are not yours necessarily. They're uh-huh. thoughts. Uh-huh. But they're not necessarily you. Uh-huh. So the fewer that we can have. Right. And that's why maybe meditation even... Yeah, once every, once a day, once at night, does clear out a lot of the stuff that we don't need to hear. Right, and it's very boring. But as you know, things that are boring in life are like the great things, and then things that are cool, they suck a month later. <laughs> every time, I don't know anything I found that was cool. I'm like, this isn't cool. It's cool because you're trading up on the future for the moment. That's all. Why things are like, oh, look at that cool skateboard trick. My knee is broken, but it was a cool trick, right? Right. I guess for the moment, but now you have a broken... Uh, I'm not saying everybody breaks their knee. But cool always is short-term, generally. And then anything that's worthwhile in the long term is boring. But uh, I like being here. So It's about balancing because I had a skateboard. One of my sons was a major skateboarder. Uh-huh. Um, he was now six foot seven, And I that's mean, it? he was crashing left and right, but having the best time doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's about balance. And I think we spend the rest of our life learning how to balance. And that's why meditation sometimes is good to have. Because it's okay to get hyped about some things. And other times we want to just chill out. And that's what the part three is about, You Beautiful You. It teaches the girls how to chill out, how to write their feelings. One of the most important things you can do is identify your feelings. I'm with this one. Tell me about that. The feelings is great. I love it. It's like, you know, what listen, think, feel, heal. Mm -hmm. Most adults cannot tell you how they feel. They can't identify their feelings. Most of us can't. I I was 30-something when I... Someone said, hey, maybe write down a list of feelings. And I could only think of three. I was 34 years old. And I said, happy, mad, and sad. Dang, that's, that's a minimal list. Okay. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God, I'm in trouble. 
So um, I teach the girls how to write about their feelings and also just to keep going. So something that really bothers you a lot when you get out of school, if you keep going, and it, and it made me feel, you described the situation, and it made me feel, and that made me feel, and that made me feel. And you write your way through it. And before you know it, you almost feel sorry for the person that was making you mad at school. You sure. do. Yeah. But you got to go to that point. And so I teach them. The writing skills are there for life. It saved my life and has for the last you know, two or three decades. I love it. And, and what's funny, I tell these girls, go ahead and do this because most people don't learn this until they enter a 12-step program and they, they, you know, they've, right. gotten, they've been drinking too much or popping pills. Then they learn these techniques. I'm giving these techniques to girls so maybe they can bypass the rehab and keep their college money. <laughs> That's true. A lot of the, It's kind of funny. I notice this often that like individuals will go through life I guess blank like they didn't know what was going on and then it has to be that something occurred mm -hmm. some terrible thing and then suddenly it's like oh clearly they didn't see what they had before then because suddenly now okay this part of life I value it or this I'm going to respond to it differently or I'm going to what you can do it today you should do it today actually it's insulting when you do it after the fact you needed somebody in your family to like have cancer before you responded to the Sometimes. shortness of life or you needed the whatever somebody the whatever extreme circumstance in somebody's life why uh and then yeah i have a bunch to say about that but we should live currently and not later yeah and i'll tell you for a book like this sometimes if a girl does not want to experience a lot of heartbreak uh -huh. a lot of regret she will get her buns in there and sit down her bed and read it and say, okay, I'm going to read this. Mm -hmm. And parts of it she'll love, and the other parts she'll go, oh, I don't need to know this. And then she'll find out five or ten years later, oh, that's why she put that in the book. Mm -hmm. You know, because when it's called talk about the bigger picture, it is about the bigger picture. And so that's why a brief history of sex is so important for them to see how we went from making love to, quote, having sex. Uh -huh. it's, we've done ourselves a disservice. It does seem more functional and more almost like a formality when described that way which is not uh, related to what the feeling could be uh -huh. at that time. Now, I want to throw in this one here. Two chapters. It's not really sex, and <laughs> oh, I well, did okay. her. Oh, you don't want to go there. You do not want this very I want to go there, okay? It's not really sex. What's that about? Well, do you remember the Clinton thing? I know the Clinton thing. I did not have sexual uh, relations right. with that woman, Miss right. Lewinsky. Right, and you know what I say in the book? I said, you know what? Poor thing. Give him some credit. He probably... He probably thought he was getting by because not every couple does oral. Uh -huh. And that's the joke. That's one of the reasons I wrote the book, and I can't believe we're going to go into this, but I am. This is one of the big reasons. You don't ever have to do oral. I hate to say it. When I was growing up, it was a porn thing. Mm. The girl, and this is, and I know some girls are going to get their feelings hurt, mm. but maybe they just need to wake up. The girl that couldn't get the guy is the girl that did oral. Huh. And we don't see Inside that. information, we should, folks. Yeah, well, they, they, no, parents don't want to talk about it, right? Uh -huh. They're not going to bring that up. I wouldn't if I had girls, but uh -huh. I had boys, and the Clinton thing happened in my face, and I said, what? And, you know, this is the difference between kids. I had a sixth grader going, ooh, 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 ooh. Uh -huh. I saw what he did at camp. My eighth grader walks in and goes, <clears throat> hey, Mom, that's really more intimate than intercourse, isn't it? Huh. And I went, oh, good going, buddy. Huh. And I hit him on the shoulder. Oh, my God, I wanted to crawl in a hole. Uh -huh. They're getting ready to go to school, and there's Clinton on the you know TV going, right. I did not. And, and so I what I want these girls to know is oral is, 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 a, is a kind of a joke. But, I mean, I want these girls to know they're, they're the ones that are getting, the, they're getting tricked. Mm. And I've heard, I've interviewed a lot of guys in their 20s and 30s, and, and the things they say, we will not go into in this podcast. But um, people need to wake up. Huh. 
inside information. Now, TMI? <laughs> no, there's no TMI. To me, by the way, there's no such thing as TMI ever. Obviously, I don't know about all the listeners or whatnot, but for me, and it's my show. Okay, shout-outs to my show. But there's no thing that isn't to be said. Tomorrow I get hit by a bus, right? Was there anything TMI the day before? No, that doesn't make sense. That looks That sounds clueless. <laughs> bus hits me and then oh i should have not said two words yesterday that's no, hilarious no no now i did her classic chapter nine title how guys think and staying conscious now what does i did her refer to you know i was subbing at a local high school probably three miles from here uh-huh. and i would see guys walking on the hall in the hall yeah. in between classes yeah and you'd see this pointing and i know how guys think a little bit uh-huh and i did her I didn't hurt. I didn't hurt. And the guy's standing right next to him. He doesn't even know who he's talking to. Mm-hmm. And the girl's in front of him, and he's not thinking much of the girl. Mm-hmm. But he had been with her the week before, mm-hmm. and the one over there maybe the week before that. And so I called. I, I did her. It's just a point, and you, and you don't want to walk out of high school having guys ever having talked like that to you because these girls carry this. They don't, sometimes they, they're kind of numb during high school, and then they get in their twenty, early mid early twenties, and they I've had them come up to me and go, "Mammy, oh my God, I feel so bad about what I was doing." In middle school and junior, please get the book out. And I'm like, okay, 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 you know. So. Well, let me add an element to that. What about feeling bad for the guy? When they have, <laughs> I'm serious, because like when you get into this, I guess conquest mindset. Yep. You that person had to say that because not saying that would have been an e- more empty. It already comes with like an empty feeling. Like I gotta say something. Usually, when you have to say something, there's a reason you're not feeling good already. Good so point. then it's like, John, look what I did. Then it makes it functional right. again. Right, and, and, and girls need girls have got to yeah, because I raise boys. Yeah, I know. I just watch boys do this, and I'm not not. Mom, do they look no, joyful after that? Does it seem joyful? Like, well, oh. you know, it's, it's 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 like I say, this book is for girls. Yeah, this is for girl, girls because there's things they need to know. And Isn't I'm really that racist being, to make this for girls? Joke. joke. Well, I would, I'd love to have a guy write the same book for guys. Um, and it's not up to me to write a book like this for that's boys. That's true. So. Steve Harvey, let's do it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, he talks about it. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, he is cool. but um, He writes about that category. But right, yeah. when you have oh, he that... Does. He's, he's, he's right on for the guys. I would mm. love for him to be part of that. <laughs> Team up. Okay. I got to set these things up, you know. I, I see some similarities. I got to connect people. Like, I don't know him currently. But, yes, I've noticed anytime you have to mention something or it's... Uh, I've just seen that. There's no... Beyond that, there's no follow-up. It doesn't have anything more than the fleeting that I did her. It would, you know, coming from the boy's perspective, I'm sure one guy's like, oh, my. And that's where we build our sense of self, by by understanding who we are and, and, and looking at our feelings. Yeah. And, and doing things that we feel good about. I mean, what's going on right now with The Bachelor? <laughs> the Bachelor right now is, I'm a virgin, I'm a virgin. And um, that is a bit nonsensical of a for a guy. selling point yeah but you know it is a stretch i will be the first to admit that uh-huh. for a guy but um bottom line is if you know you know if you will bother to look at what you value and what you want your standards to be mm-hmm. you don't have to respond to the guy next to you or you can look at him and go hey quit being a jerk uh-huh. and i've got a couple stories in there i've got a story about three boys deciding to go out and kill somebody one day and they're in, they're in Oklahoma. I'm like, wait a minute. These guys I know went to church because that's the Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. And why didn't one of the two, two of the boys tell this guy, are you out of your mind? Mm-hmm. Take a hike. Instead, they followed him and they chased down some university um, student who was from Australia. And they, they shot him. And he died. Uh, boy, men, men and boys have got to stand up for what's right. And, and 
that's not my job. I got the girls. Uh-huh. Find somebody to do the boys. But I do think, obviously, both sex, sexes can learn from something like this. Uh-huh. It's good to have some sort of resources. The good news about content is it gets to the people that fit it. So everybody, I, I think, finds their type of mentor or guidance, whatever it may be. Hopefully. Yeah, I just see that because, like, if let's say you're a person of whatever kind, you only resonate with the stuff that actually speaks to you. So then it's back to I like to support creators because at least you get to reach some crew. I get to reach some crew. Everybody gets to reach. If you're not creating, then there's, like, there are people that are, like, left out and they don't have as good of an option, which is not cool. Shout-outs to creators. I like that. It's funny that you're talking about creators because... I highly support creators. I know. You're a bioscientist. Look, I did biochemistry, but I like science. But that's why I talk to scientists. I like sharing the information. But I'm, I'm still a creator from when I was like yeah. 15 or something, 12. I still I have stuff from when I was like 10 where I wrote like I made a yearbook. I didn't oh, really? buy a yearbook. I made the yearbook. Like I from pages and stuff. Some people just make stuff. Some people sell stuff. Some people are spiritual. Everybody has different. I love that. It's your passion. What are your passions, huh? What's something you did when you were 10 that tells me about your personality? Right. No, no. I'm asking you. What did I do when I was 10? Yeah, like what's something you did around 5, 8, 10, 12 that For like... For me, you know what it was? I loved, I made, I made all my clothes growing up. You made your clothes? Ralph, Lor- Ralph who? Ralph Lauren? Uh-huh. Honey, I made... <laughs> Ralph Lauren? No, no, at age 13. That's pretty good. No, at age Ralph 13, who? I made... This is unbelievable. No one does this at 13. Uh-huh. A three-piece khaki safari suit. Nobody does that at 13. I can confirm. And, um, and, and like, now who, I tell the girls, start sewing. Start doing design. Start creating things. You don't have to have that date on Saturday night. You go out and have a, have a great time creating something in your bedroom, you know, or a couple of girls. Go, there's just so much to do yep. except, besides pick up the phone or pick up the Internet. It's good to have more going on in your own existence in general for all people. Those are the people we like anyway. Like anybody that they go to the show of that person or the performance of that person, mm-hmm. if that person was checking your stuff and you checked their stuff, we would have no shows or no performances. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna come back into our creativity, because and, and there are a lot of great. I'm, like, I'm first admitted I'm an Adobe freak. I love Photoshop. I've been doing Photoshop since 1996. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, four and a half hours on a computer a day is about all I can take. <laughs> That's it. Four and a half. That's my limit. That's the limit. That's a lot though. But actually, it's not the amount that most people spend all day long on the screen. But it's mm. way more than people did 30 years ago. Uh, now, loving yourself, the third section is all about you. Now, who is your exact target audience here? Is it girls? You know what? It's, it's females between 12 and 17 or 18, mm-hmm. and it's the parent. I mean, mother, father, aunt, uncle, grandparent. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's willing to read and to learn, because I think even we as adults, we have lost our way. We've been as influenced as the kids mm-hmm. from the magazines, from the talk shows, from the over. We live in a hypersexualized society. I should have said this at the very beginning of this interview. Mm-hmm. That's why this is happening. We I'll put that part at the beginning. In a hypersexualized society. Uh-huh. And that is why a lot of this is happening. And so, even as parents, we get tricked. I remember when Cosmopolitan magazine came in, I was in college. I was like, what is going on? They had switched the contents to all of a sudden sex for sex sake. And, um, and the woman that started was 74 years old. Heck, she'd missed like the, the love revolutions, sex revolution completely. So uh-huh. what's she gonna do? Turn a whole other generation into, and now we have teen cosmopolitan, mm-hmm. go figure. So, you know, you know, build it and they will come. Mm-hmm. Build it and you can destroy. So we gotta kind of think about what we're doing before we do it. Mm-hmm. I will say 
there is worth to take into account that a lot of elements it's kind of looking at the reacting versus acting uh, element of creation would this stuff have come up regardless was it pulsating out of people into the internet uh, can things be altered before they were happening it's shaky but the element of looking at it now and bringing your two cents to connect to where people are today that i am uh, with because this perspective yeah love perspective yes uh, like you said earlier discernment discernment is in the book discernment is key have you by the way if you would describe yourself in three words what would they be Curious. Curious. That's cool. Loving. Loving. And oh, I can't think of her word. I'm spirit-based for sure. Oh, spiritual. Mm-hmm. Curious. What was the second? Oh, loving and spiritual. Nice. That's pretty cool. Curious is good because you're looking out into the world. My three, by the way, are fearful, non-contextual, and spontaneous. Fearful? Uh, fearless. Sorry, I said oh, fearful. Yeah. Oh, you're fearful. <laughs> no way. Hey, hey, we're all fearful. That's a given. No, no, no. But fearless. You, you, fearless. you are fearless because I could have believed. I have no. You are. Cause cool. I'm already. I mean, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show, but I, I feel like I was done at age 21, 22. Everything after that is bonus time. If you thought you finished the life and no, everything. No. no, but I know what you're saying, but in my perspective, I'm good. So anything else. You can't have fear if you already think you've finished the life. But you haven't finished. You know what? We are. There's, we, there's, we no, have, okay, we have God, okay, you know what? To evolve. We are here to evolve. You can never stop evolving. For all I know, I got a lot more to learn. And so do you. It's so cool. I mean, that's our purpose on life is to learn and to grow and to evolve. That's why you don't want to get stuck in a, quote, belief system. Uh-huh. We are here to evolve. Yes. Even and though we've kind of gone back a few years, haven't we, with what's going on in society today? It looks like we've pedal backwards but it happens for a reason we can't pedal backwards actually i want to add in that part somebody was mentioning that can you do something twice no because when you do it the second time it's a different world it's a different time frame Mm -hmm. so things do repeat though like for example right now we're doing audio recording right which is very cool in 2019 a podcast some of the top youtubers and other people have now made a podcast which is basically radio which was basically a cassette tape recording Mm -hmm. 20 years like what we haven't really well, how much have we altered? And then, like, videos... Quite will, a bit, because this could be repeated forever. Right. We don't blow ourselves up first. <laughs> yes. Uh, but it's not so different. Things keep repeating, and uh, we look at who is there each time, and that's the people of our current moment. But the audio, video, and text hasn't changed much over a long period of time. But, obviously, a thousand years ago, we didn't have video. But we had people watching other people in some form. We got a lot more now, don't we? Yes. What is what? your closing message to our audience? Something you would tell all people if you had a megaphone to all of humanity? To practice listening, practice breathing, and practice allowing. And some amazing things happen when we do that. That's cool. I mean, I'm glad to have had you on episode 211 of the show. Thank you. It was great to have you. Thank you for having me on it. Glad to. And we are out.